Hey, welcome to the Transforming Life Church podcast. We hope this encourages you and inspires you in your journey with Christ. So sit back, relax, and check out this week's message. So good to have you guys here today. Um, we're excited. We're, we're going to wrap up this series we've been in called This Is Us. You guys been enjoying this? This is uh, We've been talking about our core values and who we are um, as a church. Because here's the thing. We can do a lot of stuff but not really do anything. We can get so caught up, and, and, and I've, I've talked to different ministers over the years and talked to them, and yeah, we're, we're busy, we're busy. B- busy doesn't always equal success. Busy sometimes equals burnout. <laughs> Volunteers and workers, we don't want to do that. We want to be focused, laser focused in doing what it is that, that God is wanting us to do, and, and the core values help us to stay focused. So we've talked about some different things um, over the past couple weeks. Uh, we've talked about how God's presence is the first and foremost, most important thing to us. That if we don't have God's power and presence, then we have nothing, nothing else matters. We need God's presence. We've talked about how um, generosity is a core value here. We are blessed to be a blessing. The church should be the most generous people. We should lead the way in generosity. We've talked about growth. Uh, it's important that we are growing and that we are, we are seeking after God and that we're growing and that we're growing together. And, and growth is, is so important. We should be uh, on this journey and moving forward, taking steps, taking next steps in, in that journey. And growth, we, we value growth uh, here at our church. We uh, value authenticity, right? Because uh, so many times we come in and, and, and we feel like we got to put on the smile and, and we got to put on the tie and the nice uh, you know, clothes and, and everybody's like, hey, I'm doing great. I'm doing good. So good to see you. But deep down, man, we're hurting or deep down we're dealing with things. And, 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 and here at TLC, it's okay to, to drop the mask and, and to, to be authentic. And, and, and it's in that when we are authentic that we're able to begin the process of being healed because we can be honest with ourselves, we can be honest with others, and we can be honest uh, with God. So we value authenticity. Uh, we value relationships. We talked about that uh, last week and how we are better uh, together, growing together, we're all on a, on a journey together and, and how that is so important here. And so today, as we close out this series, we're going to talk about how we value people. We value people here at TLC. Now, um, anything you ever come across in your life that you thought, well, that's really not for me, right? Anything like, so, so I'll just be personal and, and share my story. Uh, like, so roller coasters aren't for me. Now, some of you in the room, you may love it. You may love it. I have never been a huge roller coaster fan. Um, uh, not too long ago, last month, uh, Ansley, my daughter, turned five. And so we took her to Disney World. Um, now, before you get it twisted, uh, we got in for free uh, because I have, um, I have a cousin that works there. So don't start. Well, Pastor got to go to Disney. Well, uh, that, uh, there's, there's a loophole there, okay? Otherwise, we wouldn't be going because that gets expensive, right? So we went to Disney, and all the kids, you know, we get there, and, and we, you know, Haley's a, a planner, right? Y'all, anybody have, you know, maybe a spouse or someone in your family, you go on a vacation, it's like, all right, here's, this is, this is what we're doing the whole time, right? I see some fingers pointing, and that's okay, that's okay. Uh, but, but, yeah, Haley's like planning it out, mapping it out, and the first thing we want to do there is this, uh, the, the Dwarf's Mine Train ride. Anybody know that ride? You've been to Disney, or you know about it? All right, so it's, it's really cool. It's a really cool ride. Um, I've been on it once, and I was a little, like, I got a little anxiety about it, and so that kind of built up in me a little bit uh, again. Uh, but, but when we got there, the ride was closed because it was cold. 
Uh, this was on uh, uh, Martin Luther King Jr. Day, and, and so it was, it was called, if you remember, it was called that day, and, and it seems to be that way every year that we go somewhere for her birthday, but, uh, but I don't mind. But it was cold, and so our cousin said, hey, you know, it's probably because they're working on the brakes to make sure, you know, that they're warmed up and stuff, and, and so we're like, so it stayed closed most of the day that day. But now it's really cool. So this is why we got to love technology. You can get an app for Disney, and you can keep track of what, how long the waits are for all the rides. And so we're keeping track of it. It opened up in all day because it had been backed up um, all day. We're talking like an hour wait. And then it jumped down an hour and 15 wait. Then it jumped down an hour and a half wait and two hours. We're just not, we're not standing in line for two hours. We did a bunch of other things um, that day. And, and the day went on. The kids are really wanting to ride it. Like They're like, oh. I want to ride. We went on another roller coaster that I was like huh, a little tense about. And, and so we get in the line, and, and Aiden wants to get right in the very front car. I said, son, why are you going to do that to me? <laughs> like, we're right in the front car, so, you know, it's like, kink, 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 kink. And you're just wanting to look straight down, you know. This, this one wasn't that bad, you know. It had, like, one thing that was, ah, you know, it always takes your breath away. Uh, Haley, Haley laughs at me. She's back in the back car, like, laughing. I'm like, ah. You know, it's not like Tarzan, but, uh, but yeah, and, but it was really short, so it, I'm, I'm cool. I'm good with that ride now. So that's the Barnstormer. Um, but yeah, what kind of name is that, you know? Um, and, and so, which we, we missed the one. What was the one where they take you to the very top of the building with the planes? Not Space We don't do Space Mountain, no. No, no, no. We didn't do Space Mountain. I don't care what y'all say. I'm not going on Space Mountain. I can't remember what it is. The Astro something or another? Eh. Yeah, I don't, I don't like that one. That was way too high for me. But, uh, but the day goes on, and you know they have this big uh, fireworks show at the very end over the castle. It's really cool. And uh, the kids are like, no, we want to go on this ride. So we kept watching it, and as the night, the day and the night went on, that time went down. Because everybody's getting ready. Everybody gets their place for the fireworks. So we're like, all right, well, maybe, maybe we can get on this ride, and the line will go down, and we get through, and we can still catch some of the fireworks. Show. So it was really cool. It was the very last thing that we did. We got on the ride. It's dark now. And we're on the ride, and the fireworks are going off as we're going through the mine train ride, and they're going off over the ride. It was really, it was really awesome. And I actually really enjoyed it. I was like, this is kind of fun, you know? Like, it didn't, the anxiety, like, but normally, like, so, yeah, like, Splash Mountain or Space Mountain, no, 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 good. Uh, you know, the kids are too small still to ride on those, so I got a little bit of time where I'm not going to be asked to, to run those rides. So maybe I can work up. Uh, to so roller coasters aren't for me, and maybe for some of you in the room, they're, they're not as well. What, what are some other things? Think about this. Some other things that maybe aren't for everyone. Spicy food. Spicy food is not uh, for everyone, right? Because sometimes it burns on the way in and burns on the way out, too. Um, <laughs> let's just be honest. But I like, I like spicy food. I don't like anything too crazy. Um, Frank's Red Hot Sauce is my favorite hot sauce. I don't mind the other ones, crystals and some of the other Tabasco sauce. There's a, a taco joint in Brandon called Jimmy Hula's, and they have this pineapple chili sauce. Oh, my goodness. It's so good. I've been looking for it, and I can't find it. If anybody finds it, tell me. I'm going to go get it. But it's so good. But, but I, I do like hot sauce and, and spicy food. Um, I, I enjoy I had a buddy. He used to order wings when we would go places, and he would tell them. He said, listen, I want you to make these as hot as you possibly can. And, and he, he, made to, he double-checked with them. They went to why He's like, no, no, hold on, wait a minute, my friend. Like, I don't, I don't think you understand what I'm saying to you. I want you to make these as hot as you possibly can. So they would bring the wings out, and, and you could smell the heat off them, Caesar. It would burn your nose just to smell them. That's how hot. And he would always want us to try them. And, of course, I was dumb enough to try them one time. I was like, no, bro, I'm not doing This is all you, man. I am not going to. Because you didn't even get to taste the food. It's, it burned, burned your face off. It was like acid. 
Um, but, but spicy food isn't for, for everyone. Um, is I would say even um, foods from other cultures aren't really for everyone. I, I love food from other cultures, man. I love me some Spanish food. Um, Irma knows that. She'll make me some, some pork sometimes or some rice. Her and Millie make really good uh, rice, some arroz con pollo. You know, that's some good stuff, man. I love, I love Spanish food. Um, but maybe there's some other cultures that maybe you've gotten to try food from or not. Or maybe you're like, ah, I don't know. That just doesn't look... It uh, looked really good. Uh, my very first missions trip that I went on was to Haiti. And uh, we got there, and, you know, they eat goat. Um, and I, I would have tried it, but here's the deal. When, when you go on a missions trip, uh, you're not supposed to drink the water, okay? And I knew that. I didn't drink the water, but I forgot about, like, brushing my teeth, so I put the water on my teeth. Man, I have never had so much stomach issues in my life. That messed me up. I got dehydrated throughout the day, and we're out. And it's hot out, and we're working on a church, and and uh, it just, man, knocked me out. So that's like, you want some goat? I'm like, no, I'm good. I'll stick to the rice for now. <laughs> and, uh, and so I didn't get to try that. But maybe, maybe foods from other cultures aren't, aren't really uh, for you. And then there could be all kinds of things that aren't, uh, aren't for you. Skydiving. Skydiving isn't for I'm good. You know, if the Lord want me to fly, he would have gave me wings and made me a bird. Right? I'm good. I don't want to skydive. I don't want to bungee jump. I don't want any. I'm not jumping out of a plane. You all remember that show, The A-Team, back in the day, back in the 80s? I love that show. If you watch it now, Joe, it's super cheesy. Uh, like, yeah, but, but I love that show. But, uh, but Mr. T's character, B.A. Baracus, I pity the fool, you know? I pity the fool. He, he was this tough guy, right? And, and he would not fly on planes. They had to give him a shot and knock him out and trick him to get on planes. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, I'm not that bad anymore. I, I used to be. But, but, uh, but yeah, skydiving, I'm, I'm not cool. Uh, with all this. But, but while there are some things that aren't for everyone, the grace of God is for everyone. The grace of God is for everyone, for all people. And it's for that reason that we value people because the grace of God is for... Man, I, I had a, a, a missionary friend. He would always say, hey, if they're breathing, then they need Jesus. So I don't care who they are. I don't care what they look like. I don't care what their background is or where they're from, white, black. Uh, I, don't, I don't care if there's some other uh, culture or they speak some other language. God's grace is for them. I don't care how much money they make, the rich or the poor, or somewhere in between. God's grace is for everyone. I don't care if they're Republican or they're Democrat. God's grace is for everyone. And some of y'all need to get that a little bit more in that category. I'm just going to move on from there. Um, God's grace is for everyone. That in-law that you don't like, God's grace is for that in-law. That crazy Uncle Bootsy you got, God's grace. Y'all know you got a crazy uncle somewhere in your life. Those bratty kids next door, God's grace. is Those neighbors that you can't stand and their dog comes over to your yard to poop in. Like God's grace is for everyone. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who they are. It doesn't matter if they look like you, sound like you, smell like you. I don't care. God's grace is for us. How, how could God extend grace to us and then we hold it back just for ourselves? Right? Because at the end, none of us deserve his grace. Like, we deserve a lot worse. Yet, just like we sang this morning, we didn't earn it, we don't deserve it, but still, he has given it for us. It's for those that... You may not like or can't stand. God's calling us to love them. You don't have to like them. You don't even have to be around them. But God is calling you to love them, and they deserve his grace as well. I mean, the most famous verse in the Bible, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, 
but have everlasting life. So we value people here at Transforming Life because God's grace is for everyone. Hey, turn to the book of Luke, chapter 15. We're starting verse 1. If you have a Bible or some device with the Bible on it, turn to Luke, chapter 15. We're going to start in verse 1. Uh, this is the parable of the lost sheep. Jesus actually is teaching in a series um, of different parables about lost things. So he has the lost sheep. There's a parable of the lost coin. There's a parable of the, the lost son. Many of you know as the prodigal son. And he's teaching on, on lost things. Jesus would often use parables. Uh, these would be stories that were symbolic. They would teach a lesson. And, and Jesus often would teach in these to describe the kingdom of God or to describe his, his mission. And his mission was to save people that were spiritually lost so that they can have eternal relationship with God. In fact, a key verse throughout all of Luke is Luke 19.10. Many of you know it. The Son of Man came to seek and save that which was lost. That's a theme of, of this particular gospel. And, and in this particular situation, Jesus had drawn a crowd as he often had done. And he drawn a crowd, and it's a mixed bag of people. Right there at the beginning of, of, of this text, we see that there's tax collectors that have gathered here. Now, those were likely Jewish tax collectors that were collecting taxes on behalf of Rome. So there's already one strike against them. But they would often pocket some a little bit on the side for themselves. So many people hated these taxes. And it's, it's still true. That none of us like taxes today either, right? Um, but, but yeah, it was, it was it, you know, these were the type of people that were in the crowd. The Bible says there were sinners that were in the crowd. And there were the religious leaders. The religious leaders were always around trying to see what Jesus was doing, trying to keep an eye on him, trying to keep check on him, trying to catch him in something that maybe they could accuse him of. And so all these people had gathered to sit here and hear Jesus teach. And he starts this parable of the parable of the lost sheep. Anybody ever lose something before? It's frustrating, right? Anybody, you lose your keys? That'll drive you crazy, right? And you're back tracing, you're like, I was over here 10 minutes ago, and uh, then I was over there, and now I forgot where I was, and you know, it, it makes you late for stuff. Like, losing your kid, that'll drive you crazy. A big pet peeve of mine is the remote. Like, there's a certain spot, Joe, where the remote goes. Why does it get moved from there? I don't know. It frustrates me, right? I hate that. Like, <laughs> I don't know why, but I really hate that. So, never fails to lose the remote. Your wallet, maybe you've lost your wallet before, and that's frustrating because then you got to go on and, and cancel your credit cards and all that stuff because you don't want anybody getting into that, right? Or, or, or then you got to get a new license. So if that means what? You got to go to where? The DMV. And the DMV is hell, right? And you've been delivered from hell already, so you don't want to go, you don't want to go back to hell, right? And, and so, hey, ours here in Plant City has gotten a lot better. Uh, it's all new and it's all big. I, I had to renew my license last year and I was, I was, I was, man, I really don't want to go and, and, uh, and it wasn't too bad. I didn't have to wait too long. So I, I was okay with it. But, but man, some of them, like you hear crazy stories about, about the DMV. Nobody likes going to the DMV. Man, I had a hat that I lost last year. It was, oh, I love that hat. It was my favorite hat. Uh, I, I, I collect hats. Um, and, and, you know, if I get one that's really good, I, I wear it a lot all the time, right? So it's, I got this whole situation going on up here with no hair, right? 
and, and so, so hats don't fit me the same as maybe they would for you. Uh, just, they just fit. So if I find a good fitting hat, man, I'm, I'm pumped about that. I'm like, I want to hold on to that. And I lost this hat. I think I lost it at the gym. I really don't know still. Uh, so I went back to the gym. I'm looking through all the lockers and, and trying. I'm like, man, where did I leave this hat? The guy at the desk wasn't any help. He's like, mm -hmm, sorry. You know, I'm like, thanks, guy. You know, not even going to help me. But I love that hat. I lost it. Man, when you lose something, like, you'll, you'll go after it, right, Olivia? You'll, you'll, you'll look for it. You'll go after it. You'll, you'll drive yourself crazy trying to figure out, man, what, what happened? And we'll go after it. And, and Jesus uh, starts talking um, about this parable in Luke chapter 15, starting in verse 1. You guys got that yet? You should by now. I did enough talking to give you time. If you're not familiar with the Bible, and that might be the case, it is one of the first four it's actually the third book of the New Testament. It's known as a synoptic gospel. It's Matthew, Mark, and Luke were synoptic gospels, meaning uh, the same. Uh, these all accounts were very similar to um, each other. And so Luke, there's the third one of the New Testament. But in Luke chapter 15, starting in verse 1, it says, Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathered around to hear Jesus, but the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Ah. That's how I think they talk. Then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and his neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you. I thank you for your word. Thank you that it teaches us, it challenges us. God, it draws us closer to you. And so, Father, today I pray that, God, we get this, Lord, that, that you came, Lord, to seek and save what was lost. God, that's people. That's us, Lord. I'm, I'm thankful that you saved, as the old song says, a wretch like me. God, I'm so thankful for your grace. I often think about where would I be without your grace, God, and, and that just makes me shout all the more, God. And I'm so thankful for your grace this morning, God. May we learn to extend that to others. Because if we feel like they don't deserve it, then we don't deserve it either. God, help us. God, help us see, Lord. Help us see what you value in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, so you got Jesus. He's meeting here, and he's got these Pharisees. They're always trying to jab him and always trying to catch him. And, and they're like, well, here it is. Jesus is, is hanging out. Uh, with these sinners. And so he tells this parable to kind of, he kind of takes a dig at him. He's like, you know, when I, when I leave the, the 99 righteous, you know, the, you know the, all the, the righteous ones that don't need to repent, you know, he kind of takes a dig at, at the religious there and the religious leaders. And they're always getting at him. He, he's hanging around with sinners. Well, well, yeah, and Jesus is trying to get them to understand, yeah, they're, they're the ones that need to hear this, Right? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to hang around. I'm going to go to them. See, the, the, the religious leaders would, would often hang the, the law and all these rules and, and rigorous rules, and it, was, it went beyond just the law of Moses, right? And they would, they would add to that, and they would, they, would, they would hold this over the people. But they didn't have a relationship with the people. They didn't do anything to help them along the way. They would just simply look and scoff and look at the sinners, right? Heaven forbid we ever become like those religious leaders. I would prefer to be like Jesus, to go to them, to help them, say, hey, this is, this is the way. 
right? This is the truth. Jesus is the way. He is. I would rather show them Jesus than try to lord all these do's and don'ts. I would rather be known what we are for than what we are against. So here's Jesus' perspective on, on the sinner. Here's Jesus telling me, yeah, yeah, I'm going to go after the lost. That's why I came. I'm, I'm going to go after the ones that don't know. Now we have an understanding. Jesus didn't mind hanging around the sinners. We, we see him hanging around the tax collectors. We see it in a few more chapters where he's hanging out with Zacchaeus. He said, man, I'm going to your house, bro. We're going to eat, man. I'm going to get you saved. I'm going to change your life because that's what Jesus does. He changes our lives. Jesus hung around tax collectors. He was gracious to the adulterer. In a culture that uh, women weren't held in much high esteem, and, and, and we see him in this scene, there's a woman at a well, and he spends time talking with her. Not just a woman, but a Sumerian woman as well. Jesus went where the people were. Those were the ones that he came for. See, Jesus didn't run from sinners. He came to them. And aren't you thankful he still does that today? Aren't you thankful that Jesus came for a sinner like you and for like me, that he came to us, that he does, he's not afraid of your sin, he's not afraid of your mistake, he's not afraid of your past, that he loves you in spite of your past and he wants to use what's happened in your life for his glory? Aren't you thankful for that today? Aren't you thankful for his amazing grace this morning? I'm thankful for that today. Jesus has come to you and he's working in you. Now he wants to work through you to continue to go after those lost sheep. Now, I think there's a need for some spiritual ambulance drivers to go out and to get those that are sick, not just sick in body, but sick in mind and spirit that are far from God that need to be made well and need to be made whole. There's a need for us to get out there and go get these people and go reach them. Those that are far from God, those that are the marginalized, those that are often forgotten by society. We see Jesus doing that in his day. Those that, that were pushed aside, the misfits. Those that, that were the, considered the outcasts or the unclean, as that, what they would call them back then. And Jesus would oftentimes spend time with them and go after them. And we have to do that today. The Jesus in you might be the only Jesus that people get to see. We have to go to them. Now, I know, I want you guys to invite people to church. So let's, let's keep doing that. Invite people to church. We got a lot of room here uh, for people to come in. Like, we should make, uh, you know, I, I had this thought last night. I was, I was praying at our Valentine's dinner, which if you missed it, you missed the best time you've ever had in your life. I'm just saying. You missed it. And that's all I'm going to elaborate on it. You just missed it. I'm not going to explain to you what we did. You just have to wait till next year. But as I was praying, I, I just... I had this picture, you know, oftentimes we form a circle, and, 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 and the circle is closed. But, but what if we started forming U's to where we could let people in? What, what if the church became that? What if your, your neighborhood became that? So we're inviting people in, even those that, that don't know God, that are far from Him. Because, see, far too often we get in this religious bubble, right? 
We, we, we get in this religious bubble. We, we're better together as a church. So we want to hang out as a church. We want to we have church events and we want to do all these things. So oftentimes we get it. So we, we, we listen to reli- or, uh, Christian music and, and, and we, we, we you know, only do things a, as a church. And we only want to hang around because, you know, we, we came from that life. We don't want to go back to that life. And, and you know what I'm saying? So, so we oftentimes can get in this Christian bubble at times. But, but man, we forget that. That we are in the world, we're not to be of the world, but we're still in the world. And there are still people that need to know him. And they need to know the Jesus that is in you. That God has always used people to bring his kingdom here on earth. So there's going to be some times when, yeah, we, we need to be around those that don't know him. There's going to be times when you are, whether you like it or not. There's going to be times when you're at Walmart. There's going to be times when you're at the, uh, other stores. There's going to be times when you're out at the ball field with your kids. You're at work. You're wherever, and you're going to need to reach people and let them see the Jesus that is in you. And I know, again, like I said, I I know we don't want to be influenced by ungodliness because God has saved us from those things, right? So so if you're an alcoholic, you probably shouldn't go spend time at a bar, right? That's a no-brainer, right? If you you used to be uh, in the club, right, you, you probably shouldn't be going back to that life. You probably shouldn't hang around Ebor, right? Right? You probably shouldn't be going to the club on Saturday night and trying to come in and get it right on Sunday, right? And some of you may be doing that. I don't know. But, but while the grace of God is for us, it's not meant to be abused either, right? And so, so yeah, so, so we want to avoid those things that God saved us from. Fellas, now listen, man, you're not going to be joining the strip club ministry, okay? Right, that's not going to work, okay? I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to pray for people, man. <laughs> You better, better watch out. I'm just trying, trying to get some people saved. That's not going to work. That's a women's ministry thing, okay? We don't have one of those ministries yet, but fellas, don't, don't go there. As Frank would say, don't go there, right, brother? Don't go there. And there, there, there are some obvious things that we should stay away from, right? And the Bible tells us we have to guard our heart. Against see, see God, God gives us grace to live in and to rest in, so we're supposed to take that grace in our life. That grace empowers us. It empowers us to reach others, and it empowers us to guard our hearts from that sin so that we can be in the world but not of it. And we do that through God's grace. We're supposed to take the aroma of Christ with us wherever we go. You ever been cooking food or maybe you've been in a restaurant and you come out smelling like that place, right? Uh, I, 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 love, I love a good sandwich, okay? So, so I used to go to Subway like all the time. Now I like the other places. I like Firehouse, right? Billy Bowers, we got represent firemen, right? Yeah. Uh, so I like, I like Firehouse. We used to have a Quiznos back in the day. I loved Quiznos. It was so good. Um, I, you know, Publix, Pub Subs, where's Ryan at? Yeah, Pub Subs, yes. The ultimate. That's my jam at, 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 at Publix. I love a good sandwich, man. And you would go in Subway and you'll come out smelling like that bread, fresh bread, and all those cold cuts, all those yummy toppings. Man. You'll come out smelling. You go in a Chinese food restaurant, you'll come out smelling like some shrimp fried rice, you know? You'll come out smelling like some sweet sour pork, you know? You go different. If you ever grill out and you're by the grill and it's getting all smoky and all those meats are. Which, by the way, I'm not coming to your barbecue if those hot dogs and those brats and those burgers aren't a little well done and a little charred on the outside. Don't invite me if, if your stuff isn't well done, okay? I'm just I'm throw that out. That's a side note, okay? Those dogs aren't black. I'm not coming. But yeah, if you've ever been around the grill and you're cooking it up, I mean, you'll smell, smell like that. 
right? Now, now I know we can go out and we can, we can be around others, and, and if we're not careful, yeah, we can be influenced if we live in the world or if we live in the things of the world. Yeah, we can be influenced, and if we're not careful, that aroma can get on us. As well. But it's supposed to be flipped. Once you come to know Christ, the aroma of Christ is supposed to be on you and influencing the world and those around you, right? And it's that grace that God has for us. That is the aroma that we're supposed to share with people. Let that get on you. Let that get on you. And that doesn't just get on you, right? you got to be around it. So you're around it in your times of prayer, you're around it when you're spending time in God's word. And that, and that, you, you get around it when we're spending time worshiping. We had worship today. So when you go to the buffet after church today, you need to carry that aroma with you. Even when you put out that tip on the, on the check, that aroma of Christ needs to be with you. We're supposed to carry the aroma of Christ to others through his grace. And the lost, the unchurched, sinners, whatever you want to call them. Like, they don't have cooties, y'all. Like, we, can be, we can be around them. we got to influence them. Someone's got to tell them about Jesus. And again, like I said, well, you can be the only Jesus that maybe they get to see. Let's, let's be the right Jesus. Okay? You, you, don't, you, don't have to, you don't have to lock the doors and turn off the lights and all the TVs when the Jehovah's Witness come knocking at your door. You don't have to do that. You need to go talk to them. Now, I might be guilty of doing that a time or two. I, you know? We're in the house of God. I'm not going to lie in the house of the Lord. So, Yeah, I'm not going to, Louisa. Yeah. You don't have to run from, from the people you see that are trying to get money in the parking lot, that are begging for money. You, know? you don't have to run from the homeless person to your car to get in the car. Come on, come on, kids. Get in the car right now. You don't have to do that, man. They just want someone to love on them. There are people around us that we need to share the love of Christ with. They're not going to. Have cooties. Value people the way that Jesus did. We have to be willing to be interrupted. And a lot of times that's the problem is we don't want to be interrupted in our day and our time and things that we're man, I got I got a job, I got places to be, people to see, right? I don't want to be I don't be interrupted. We gotta be willing to be interrupted. There was a woman with an issue of blood. Had it her her whole life. And she knew Jesus was around. She said, man, if I could, because she knew who Jesus was. She knew that Jesus changed lives. She knew that Jesus could change her life. And she said, if I could just get to him, that would change my life. She reaches out, touches the hem of her garment. Jesus knew immediately, felt it. Who touched me? And all these people that were all around, he's walking through the crowd. He said, man, who touched me? He turns around and he ministers. He was actually on the way to do other ministry. And he, and he stopped, ministered to this woman. We, we've got to be that for others. See, the religious, they run from sinners, but Jesus came to seek and save the lost. I don't want to be like the religious. I want to be like Jesus. We should be Jesus to other people. Jesus doesn't push sinners out. He brings them in. Again, the Pharisees had these rigorous rules and things that, that they had to follow, and they, they hung it over the people's heads. And there may be people out in the crowd that are on the outside looking in. Are we bringing those in? Are we bringing them in? Are we, are we going to them? And Jesus said the shepherd in his parable, he, he went after the lost sheep. And he would joyfully put that sheep on his shoulders and carry it back home. Jesus carries our burdens. He, he, carries, uh, he carries us. He died for our sins. 
And he does a work in us so that he can work through us so that we can also reach out to those lost sheep. So who are those lost sheep to you? Who, who, who is your one? Every single day, we need to be looking for opportunities to reach that one, to reach that lost sheep. Who is it that you can reach tomorrow? Because tomorrow's going to be here and it's going to be gone and you miss that opportunity. Who are you gonna, who's your one each and every day? Who is your one? Who can you reach? Who needs Jesus around you? Who needs prayer? Who needs encouragement? Come on, we got to be focused and looking on that. And we do that. We do that by avoiding sin, not avoid sinners. God gives us grace, and we're to guard against them, and we're to balance between those two things. God gives us grace to live in and to rest in, and we're to guard ourselves from sin so that we can reach others. We're to be in the world, but not of it. We're to carry the aroma of Christ to influence others for him. And we do that. We do that by balancing the grace that God gives us and guarding our heart against sin. God gives me grace. I'm going to rest in it. I'm going to live in it. I'm going to guard myself against him. You ever been on those balance beams at the, maybe some of you, it's been a while. Kids are resilient. I always get nervous. My kids will do that. They'll walk on the curbs. I'm like, God, you're going to fall. I know it. Guard my heart, walk in grace. Guard my heart, walk in grace. It's how we value people. It's how we value people. That's how we reach the one. Worship team, you guys can come on up. Jesus came to save you and he came to save others through you. He wants to use you to tell his story of grace. He wants to use you to tell what God has done in your life. Back in the day, we used to testify. We like, Who's got a testimony today, right? And while we may not do that necessarily in the church so much, you could do that wherever you go. You can testify to God's goodness to those around you. See, it's difficult for God to use the religious. Through scripture, in fact, God would use those that might not be considered so great. He would use those that were outcasts. He would use those that aren't first-round draft picks. He would use those that may not be considered MVPs or all-stars. He would use those that were not top of the class or popular or highly recognized. In fact, God often used the uneducated. He's used the prostitute. He used the tax collectors. He would use women in a time when women are held in, in, in great regard. He would use the Jews and Gentiles. See, God won't always use the qualified or those with the best background, or those from the right side of town, but he will always use the people that are willing and obedient to reach people who are lost. That's who God is looking for, the willing. And, the, and, and it doesn't matter how much you feel like you know or don't know. It doesn't matter who you are or what you look like or how much you have in your bank account. He's just simply looking for the willing and the obedient. Check out 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Verses 26 through 31. Brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many of you were influential. Not many of you were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things in the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things in the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this world to dis uh, and the despised things. And the things that are not to nullify the things that are. So that no one may boast before him. It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God that is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. Therefore, as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast 
in the Lord. Why, why does God do that? See, if, if, if you had it all together and you were so smart and you were so well off apart from God, why would you need God? Right? Why, why would you need God if you had it all together? But those that walk humbly before the Lord, those that realize they are nothing without Him, those that realize that they were once the lost sheep that Jesus came to save, those are the ones that God is waiting for. Those are the ones that God wants to use. Those are the ones that God will reach out to other lost sheep with. There are those in the crowd. There are those today that they are longing for something different. Why is it that tax collectors and sinners and those that may have been considered the least of these, why is it that they gathered to hear Jesus talk? While the religious looked and scoffed and, and criticized. Why was it them they didn't know. Why, why was it them that gathered? Maybe it's because they had tried everything else and nothing was working and there was something different about Jesus. Maybe it's because they, they had, had no hope in the other things that they had encountered and dealt with in their life. But in Jesus, there was something different. There was a message of hope. There was a message of love. There was a message of grace. And it looked different than the rest of the world. When is the church going to look different than the rest of the world? We are called to be separate. Why is it that sinners and those that were far from God, why is it that they hung around to do? There was something different about Jesus. Something different about him. There is something about that name. Something about the name of Jesus. See, the crowd is everywhere around this. There's those that are far from God. There's the, we, we expect unsaved folk to act like us sometimes and they don't know unsaved folk aren't going to act like saved folk and we get frustrated sometimes and we're, we're what is wrong and we get mad and there's this righteous indignation that rises up and, and, and it's I get it it happens to all of us and we don't understand it's like I don't understand why they're living this way I don't understand it's because they don't know the truth and you're the one that has the truth in you so let's go let's go out to the lost sheep let's run after the one let's run after the one Come on, will you stand up with me this morning? Hebrews chapter 4, it says, We serve a touchable God who's able to be touched by the feelings of our infirmities. He understands what we are going through. He understands what you're going through today. He understands your pain because he has felt your pain. So maybe you're in the room today and maybe you feel like that lost sheep. Maybe you feel like, man, I don't really know any of this stuff you're talking about, but it sounds awesome. You need to understand that you serve a touchable God that understands you. Galatians says that Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. Jesus humbled himself. He lowered himself so that he could understand what you were going through. And that, that, this is amazing grace. That Jesus would die for us. That he would humble himself and understand what we'll go through. He is the perfect sacrifice, the perfect substitute. Not just in his divinity, but also in his humanity. That he could bridge the gap between God and us. Will you bow your head and close your eyes today? Hey, thanks for tuning in this week. If you'd like more info about our church, if you'd like to make a donation to our ministry here at Transforming Life, go to www.tlchurchpc.com. If you haven't been to our church yet, we would love to meet you. Come by for a life-changing experience. God bless.